Another vague Tyron Matthew tweet hit Twitter on Wednesday, and Chiefs fans could be getting nervous. This one read, quote, If they make me choose, I'm going to choose to take it back to where it all started. End quote. Is Tyron Matthew quoting a lyric, talking about a uniform number change, or about his negotiations toward a new contract? The Chiefs are believed to be working on an extension for Matthew, who signed a three-year, $42 million deal two years ago, so it's time for an extension. On today's Sportsbeat KC, beat writers Herbie T.O.P. and Sam McDowell discuss Matthew's situation and several other Chiefs topics. It's June 9th. I'm Blair Kirkhoff, so let's get started talking Chiefs with Herbie and Sam. So last month, Tyron Matthew put out a, a tweet where he was responding to someone else's tweet about uh, why the about his contract and, and, and Tyron Matthew responded to it and then took it down. So, Sam, I'm trying to find your story that you wrote about it. I'll, I'll, I'll do it quickly, but I've got that right, don't I? Approximately, it had to do with what, what's kind of what's taken the the, the contract negotiation uh, so long. And, uh, and then both Tyron Matthew and Brett Veach, or at least Tyron Matthew, got to speak to it a little bit during, uh, during OTAs. And I thought, okay, you know, quiet. It's, it's not going to, you know, it's not a news story, no longer a news story. And then this morning, uh, another tweet pops up and, I don't know social media as well as you guys, as well as a lot of people. But when I see a tweet like this, where it says from Tyron Matthews account, if they make me choose, I'm going to choose to take it back where it all started. Well, I don't know. It just seems to me that he's not, it can be interpreted as not being terribly happy where, where it stands with the, at least the, the, the pace of the negotiations. Am I, am I off base with that? Yeah, I mean, Tyron Matthew, whenever he did speak on it, um, I think I was the one who asked him about it uh, at that press conference. Uh, he said he wouldn't read too much into it. And that was a tweet that directly said that it wasn't looking likely he was going to come back. Um, so he, he kind of took the steam out of his, his own tweets and says, you know, a lot of times I delete tweets and he laughed about it. Um, you know, it's, it's a situation we've talked a lot about and – Last year, I think, is a good roadmap for how they deal with these situations. You know, they, they sort of take care of their own last because that's what the offseason demands as far as the order of events with free agency and the NFL draft. And e even last year, I mean, the Patrick Mahomes deal got done in mid-June. And then you had Chris Jones in late June. Then you had Travis Kelsey, who was the most similar situation to Tyron Matthew in July. And we're still not there yet. And I, I still have always looked at training camp as sort of the, the time when if they're going to extend Tyron Matthew, it, it, it would be wise to do it before training camp begins. And, you know, we're, we're still over a month away from that. Here's the deal with that, too, to echo what Sam says, because I specifically asked Brett Veach twice this offseason, where is Matthew on the priority list? And, you know, to Sam's point, Matt, uh, Veach pointed out, how they got Mahomes done and how they got Jones done and how they got Kelsey done. And those weren't actually done in June. They were done in July. You know, once there was that break between the end of mini camp and the start of training camp, they got Mahomes done. They got Jones done before the, the franchise tag deadline, which is every year, July the 15th. 
And then at the start of training camp, they got Travis Kelsey done. They have time right now. The Chiefs are going to have to finagle the salary cap because as of today, they only have $8 million in available cap space. So if you're going to get something done with Matthew, which we're going to assume is going to be a multi-year, probably, what, 20, 30-plus million a year, they're going to have to move some pieces around to free up some cap space and be able to get that deal done. Well, it's it's not like it's it's not going to be that rich. Um, I, I mean, I I think that Justin Simmons is the highest paid safety in the NFL, and he's just making fifteen a year. So, um, yeah, but you're also talking about a two time All Pro. You well, know, Justin, like so you Justin, got, Simmons, you got all that going for him. Justin Simmons to me is going to be the still be the highest paid safety, and that's probably some of the disagreement as whether or not Tyron Matthews should be the highest paid safety in the league. But it, it would not it would not be that big of a difference. Like it's not going to be twenty million. Um, I, I I would be surprised to see anything. You know, maybe Tyron Matthews able to eclipse Justin Simmons, but if so, it's not more than a million a year. You know, I, I cannot see the Chiefs paying Tyron Matthew more than sixteen million a year. The thing that Tyron Matthew has on his side is his representation. He's represented by arguably the most powerful sports agency in the NFL. We're talking about CAA. He's represented by Condon. Uh, they're they're going to try to get the most, you know, it, it's maybe he wants to be the highest paid safety. We'll see, but you know, you, you can pretty much guarantee Condon and his guys are going to try to get the most they can for Matthew. Sam, why do you think that he, he should, you know, we, we should have a discussion about whether he should be the highest paid safety. I, I think his credentials are are, are terrific, right? Um, all, all pro, two, you know, two years with the Chiefs uniform, two Super Bowl appearances, Super Bowl victory, easily the the emotional leader of of this defense, and every bit as integral to the success of this team as I think anybody besides Patrick Mahomes. So, um, doesn't he doesn't he have a case to be the highest paid safety in the NFL? Yeah, sure he does. Um, but he's two years younger than Justin Simmons and signing his contract one year later than Justin Simmons. So there's a three-year gap there between when Justin Simmons got paid $15.5 million a year and when Tyron Matthew wants to potentially get paid $16 million a year. Um, so to me, that's the biggest thing. And I also did not think Tyron Matthew had the same year he had in, in 2019. I, I didn't think he was as good in 2020 as he was in 2019. So um, you know, if this deal was, or if we're talking about this last off season because his contract is one year shorter, I, I think it's it's more likely he gets that number. So, for me, it's just it's just the timing and the age are the, are the two reasons. And Justin Simmons is the best safety in the NFL. I mean, I'm not trying to take away from Tyron Matthew, and I do think he's got a, a, an influence that stretches beyond what he does on the field. We've all talked to that guy in the locker room. We've all talked to his teammates about that guy in the locker room. But I, I think that Justin Simmons is the best safety in the NFL, and he's two years younger, signing his contract a year earlier. Okay, if we were to take that tweet at face value and think of it as something of, a, or at least interpret it as something of a, you know, um, I can I can go elsewhere if I need to. What does he mean? What could he possibly mean by going home? Uh, is that is that to the to Arizona where it all started? Uh, his NFL career is it is it the Saints? He grew up in New Orleans. What do you think, Herbie? Uh, I, think just, I think you're just setting it up so Herbie can mention the Saints once on this podcast. So. Uh, it's, I don't want to speculate on this. That, that's the problem with tweets where we try to decipher what it means. Uh, 
you know, Sam brought up a good point before we we hit the air. Is it a song lyric? I don't I don't know. We Googled it and it's not. Uh, you know, that's sometimes these athletes just tweet out some stuff. And next thing you know, it, we think it's one thing and it's the complete opposite. I, I would say this. We're supposed to have media availability every day in our mandatory mini camp on June the 15th to the 17th. Uh, yeah, Tyron Matthew is going to be a requested player and, you know, hopefully he can clear this up. Corby, could you could you not show our age by saying that we had to Google to see if this was a song lyric? That was supposed to be off the record. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you how uh, how much that uh, shows our age. I asked you guys to Google if it was a song lyric. <laughs> I, it didn't even come close to registering with me. So. <laughs> um, hey, and so speaking of the salary cap, um, Julio Jones signed with the, with the Tennessee Titans. I know we you know, that that happened uh, what on Sunday, I believe. I think that's when the news broke. The yeah. the um, you know we, we're interested in here for a couple in Kansas City for a couple of reasons. One, it seems like when 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 Brett Beach and Andy Reid want a guy, they go get him, and um, we've seen it before. And there's a you know you can you can make the case there is a need at wide receiver for a you know a second um, a second big target at, at that position. But it seems to me, Herbie, this this was a, a long shot, always a long shot, and probably improbable uh, for the, for the Chiefs. I remember us. I'm old enough to remember last week we were sitting on this very podcast, and you asked that exact question. You're like, "What are the odds?" And I said, "Basically zero to I mean, what point one percent to zero because of that." You mentioned the contract. Whoever got him had to absorb Julio Jones's massive contract. And the Titans were able to get creative because they restructured Ryan Tannehill's deal. And Tannehill just recently signed a, a massive extension. So that's the reason why they were able to get the deal done. You know, when you look at the Chiefs roster, they would have to ask Mahomes to restructure, Chris Jones to restructure, Frank. I mean, they had a lot of moving pieces to even think about Julio Jones. I, I just From the very beginning, I know like they were all saying, hey, Julio Jones to Kansas City, let's get it done. Well, all the fans were saying that at least. I just looked at the numbers. I was like, I, I just don't see how they'll be able to do this. I mean, yeah, sure, if it, it, where there's a will, there's a way. The Titans showed it because, I, you know, they were like one of the teams that had the lowest amount of available cat space. But they did it by going to their quarterback, who they just signed to an extension and said, if we want Jones, we're going to have to restructure your deal. And they got it done. You know, going to the Titans, when I saw the headline, there was a tease headline on one of the websites that Julio Jones goes to AFC contender. And I was like, would he go to the Ravens? Did he go to the Bills? Did he, he, went, he went to uh, the Browns. And you, you click on the story, and it was the Titans. Does, is, is this a good fit for, for Tennessee, Sam? Is it, you know, this is a, Tennessee's a team that, uh, that, that's a ground and pound team with, with Derrick Henry. I guess it opens it up a little bit for you know the offense for Tannehill and the offense, but does this make Tennessee a contender if they weren't already? Yeah, I still think their defense has too many issues. Um, their their defense really took a step back last year, and they did make some moves defensively so they could be better. But um, I, I don't know. Does it make them one of one of the teams that the Chiefs should worry about? Probably not, but it certainly makes them better. I, I think. I think the more interesting question is, is it a good fit for Julio Jones? And, and probably not. 
um, because they do they do have AJ Brown. So I realized that some attention is going to be off of him. But he was playing with Calvin Ridley, and Calvin Calvin Ridley's no slouch. So I, I think he already had that sort of combination. So I don't know how much that helps him. And you already mentioned it. The Titans are not a, a pass first football team. They're a run first team. And I, I, I just think he's going to see fewer targets than he has at any point in his career because of that. Okay, guys, got a couple more topics I want to cover with you, but let's, let's take a break and we'll be right back. We're back with Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell. They cover the Chiefs for the Kansas City Star. Nobody does it better than these guys. Um, you know, we're, we're in what, what amounts to spring football, right? OTAs and the mandatory mini camp next week. And, you know, maybe, maybe Tyron Matthews tweet aside, there, there's been pretty little drama with the chiefs in this camp, unlike other places, um, Green Bay in particular, that's, um, you know, that's every, Every news cycle now, there's a story, you know, coming out of Green Bay with it, with Aaron Rodgers. So, I'm I guess we should count our blessings a little bit, right? That uh, that we don't have that kind of um, news news story to, to worry about every single day, Herbie. Yeah, and you know, sometimes being quiet is good. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about, you know, I, I feel bad for the Green Bay Packers writers because you know that's that's. That's got to be a nonstop cycle. Is, is Aaron Rodgers showing up? Is he not? And then when you look around you know, across the league, you know, they all they all enter their camps with a lot of questions at certain position groups. Denver, who's going to start? You know, any Bridgewater or, or Drew Locke? Uh, we don't have that here in Kansas City, and that's a good thing. But, you know, that's also a testament to the front office and to the coaching staff. They've built this solid foundation where it's, you know, when it when it is running right, it's a smooth ship, smooth sailing. Yeah, we're, we're talking about a second wide receiver that they may or may not need, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, you, you can make a case that they could, they could stand pat with what they have with, uh, you know, with McCole Hardman and Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson battling it out for receptions behind uh, Tyree Kill. But if they don't add somebody, I, I think they're pretty, they're pretty solid at that position. But it is worth asking, it, should that be a, a, you know, maybe a target for the Chiefs in, in building this, the, the final 53, are they, should they be set at wide receiver, Sam? What do you think? Uh, you know, I thought that they needed to add somebody in the off season, but you know, I guess need is probably the, the wrong word, more of a luxury than, than an exact need. Um, but I still thought that it would have really benefited them to have a two wide receiver. Now they played without one a lot last year because Sammy Watkins has been hurt so often over his, his career with the chiefs. So they're used to the group that they're going forward with. But the thing I, I've, I've consistently come back to in this situation is if Tyree Kill gets hurt, this team is in a lot of trouble. And, of course, he's always been a key player. Of course, you've got guys like Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyree Kill that were always going to be big injuries. But I just thought they could have added some protection for that by adding a, a guy that I, I didn't think he had to be a top-line wide receiver, just a guy who was a, a, a solid two. and. You know, we know that they offered Juju Smith-Schuster, so they at least at some point thought they could make room for a guy in that wide receiver room. But they were consistent about throughout the offseason. Their messaging was they're not going to go get a guy just to go get a guy. It's got to be a player that they specifically like at the position. We saw them do that with offensive tackle, and it worked out for them. And, you know, with, with wide receiver, 
Maybe there's a guy in training camp. You know, they, they do like Antonio Callaway, a, a guy that they picked up um, in the offseason. Uh, I, I think that's a guy that's not being talked about enough because they're pretty high on it. Um, and and we'll, we'll see what Powell's able to offer him. But as a rookie in Andy Reid's offense, we saw with McCall Hardman, it can be a lot to ask a guy to jump right in. You know, Sam brings up the, the wide receiver who I'm really, really interested to see when the pads come on. You know, when, he, when, when Sam mentions that they're really high on him, just think about this. Brett Veach twice this offseason unprompted mentioned Antonio Callaway by name. And, and, you know, if he didn't have his legal issues in Cleveland, you know, it, it'd be interesting to see where he would be right now with his career. We're talking about a guy who's still relatively young, 24 years old, you know, and, and, the Browns had high hopes for him, but again, the legal issues. And that, that's what kind of like set his career back. But Veach likes him. He's pointed him out twice already. I can tell you, and Sam can probably tell you the same thing because we've both been out there at practice. He, he looks the part. He absolutely looks the part. So, you know, once the pads come on is when I'm really curious to see what, what he looks like. Yeah, you know, his rookie year for a not great Browns team, I think it was 20. 20- 18 or was it 17 or 18 18 fourth round 2018 um he had almost 600 yards and five touchdowns for that browns team and like herbie said he ran into some issues afterwards and that's what derailed his development and so i think that the chiefs think that they can tap back into that guy who was a rookie with that kind of season and, and maybe on the ascent rather than a, a guy that they've seen over the past couple of years that that had to play in the I can't even remember the name of the new league that the the, the, the XFL hey, yeah, yeah. one year. So we'll just um, just throw some letters out there. <laughs> <laughs> just end it with FL something FL. Right, right. It's funny, isn't it, that we we base a, a lot of the well, we we start to reach conclusions on some of these players based on what is said in press conference, not actually by talking to the players or witnessing, um, you know, their, their performances, but that's, that's how, that's how it works. Right. And, um, you know, we, we talked about Jaron Reed last week and how, you know, it was a, you know, a, a mention by an emphatic mention by Andy Reed about how we're kind of missing, might be missing the boat on him that all of a sudden you're thinking, Oh, okay. Wow. The defensive line might be, you know, you know, might be in okay shape. And, not be hurt in the way it is, but that's it's kind of you know, same with the Tyron Matthew tweet. You just sort of have to find the clues, and um, um, and you know, yeah, it's, it's it's just become part of our job just because um, of the limited availability that we have now, and talking to these guys so often. You know, with with Andy Reid, when he says something, I feel like all of us on this call know exactly what he means because of the way we've heard him frame other things, and so when he brings up a guy. Like Jaron Reed, for example, out of the blue, it means more to us than if somebody asks him a question and then he answers that he's a great football player and he's fitting in well here. And um, that's why when Harvey mentioned that about Brett Veach, it, it's important to note that we did not ask about Antonio Callaway, that that was somebody he he added to the list of guys that could potentially fill in at that spot. That's a, that's a good distinction, Sam, that um, when, when it comes from when it's volunteered versus when it's asked. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so just a couple other things quickly before we get out of here and look, uh, Herbie, we will, we'll speak in general next week uh, in general, but we'll, we'll uh, a little b- more profoundly about uh, 
access, media access to to players. That's that is uh, going to be curtailed. Going to continue in the Zoom uh, world uh, for training camp and uh, and the regular season, which are very uh, dispiriting for, for media and uh, and and ill and public will be ill served by that. And we'll get into it in a bigger way next week, but. There was some there was some other news, a little off the field news this week with Britt Reed. Um, pleaded not guilty, got some driving privileges back. Um, basically, doesn't change anything though, Sam. Does it? I mean, it's uh, the, the getting the driving privileges. He has to take a breathalyzer, I think, before uh, before he can start a car. But just in terms of his legal path, this doesn't change anything. No, I mean, I, I think what's his next appearance will be in July um, with no trial date set. But it does, it, it, I guess, you know, you're right. It doesn't change anything. It does clue you in maybe a little bit to how this process might go, which is the fact that they could potentially be setting up for, for a trial or maybe a, a better plea deal. But um, it, it tells you, obviously, that they haven't reached any sort of agreement as of yet. Okay. Hey, and then one final topic. Um, the uh, we, we talked about Bashard Breland last week, and of course he's gone off, off to the Minnesota Vikings now. One-year deal for $4 million. He's the king of the one-year proven deals, Bashard Breland. That's kind of how his career has gone. It has left the Chiefs with you know, a lot of familiar names at the position, but in terms of just you know, experience, you know, starting experience, is is corner Kirby a, a place that the you know the, the the Chiefs need to be a little concerned about, or you th- you think that what's there now the you know the DeAndre Bakers, uh, Mike Hughes, Bo Pete Keys, Rashad Fenton, uh, Legarius and and uh, Sneed and and of course uh, Charvarius Ward is that is that going to be enough for for the Chiefs? I, you know what? Here's the thing. I I think that the, especially the two names you mentioned first, you know. DeAndre Baker and Mike Hughes. To me, those are those two players represent low risk, high reward type scenarios. We're talking about two former first round draft picks. I go back to week 17 when DeAndre Baker, you know, he, he got a chance to start before he suffered that gruesome leg injury. The guy was out there balling against the Chargers' number one offense. You know, and I thought he, he looked really good until that broken leg. Hughes just needs to stay healthy. The Chiefs were high on Bo Pete Keys when they traded back into the draft last year and, and used their last uh, or seventh round pick to grab him. And now that he's somewhat healthy, you know, it's setting up a lot of great competition. We know the Chiefs love competition. And then when you've got, you know, Ward and Fenton and, and Legereus Sneed projecting as your top three, you know, th- th- this is going to be some great competition here for those fourth and fifth spots. And maybe DeAndre Baker and Hughes will battle for a starting position. I just think it's, it's there's nothing wrong with a good competition. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's what they feel uneasiest about going into the season as that group. Um, and it's not just uh, the, the inexperience because they do have inexperience. They lost their veteran guy in that room, um, but it's also just they're unsure. I think where guy even if they pick the three guys they like where those three guys might line up. You know, I think Legarius Sneed is an outside cornerback. You know, that's that's what he came up as. And he had never played slot cornerback until he did it really, really well last year. But I still think naturally you want Charvarius Ward and Legarius Sneed on the outside. Um, and that led to 
letting Rashad Breland walk, but I still don't know necessarily who you put in the slot. If it's Rashad Fenton, we've seen him play there more during the 2019 season. Um, so, you know, Steve Spagnuolo said that last week, that they've got to figure out where guys are, are going to play best, even even the guys that they like and who fits in. Bo Pete Keys is a really interesting name to me. You know, like Herbie said, they thought enough of him to, to get back in the draft, and then we didn't hear it from Bo Pete Keys last year. And I don't know whether they thought he just needed some more time to learn and that maybe now he becomes a bigger part of the equation this year. Yeah, and Keyes had a, a rough start in training camp last year. You remember, he was also hurt. He had the, the orbital fracture, and he was just That's never right. fully healthy until at some point in the regular season they were able to, to start getting him in there. Okay, guys, great conversation as always, and we will pick it up again next week. I think the uh, spring training, the end of spring football is in sight, and We'll come to you again at least uh, one more time next week. All right, Herbie, Sam, thanks a lot, guys. All right, thanks, Clark. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. A tip of the cap to Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell for Talking Chiefs. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, got another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus more stories that appear only on the website, and they certainly appear first on KansasCity.com. After three months, it auto renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. It's a great time to subscribe. Read about what's going on with the Chiefs, the Royals, the colleges, the soccer teams, and more. How do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. You want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. If you're having trouble hunting down any of the offers, you just send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I'll get you to the right place. So whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Thursday with another episode.